Chapter Twenty Six of Making Fate by Pansy. The Slibrivox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Six. Robbie. It is almost a pity that at this stage of her career, Marjorie Edmonds could not have gone up and down the world as an apostle of common sense. She fully realized that she had given her young, true heart into the keeping of another, and that that other had been what she called mistaken in himself and deserted her she had so managed the whole matter in her thoughts that in some way she had succeeded in exonerating him from all blame people could not love to order she told herself if he found that estelle was the one for his life friend and she was not no other course had been open to him save the one he had taken except perhaps that had he understood her better he could have done it in a better way but the point to be noted is that she did not because of this experience conclude that she had a broken heart and must henceforth make herself and all about her miserable she did not even intend to be unhappy there is a sense in which she would not allow herself to be if the holy and blessed experiences of love and marriage were not for her there was yet a beautiful helpful life befitting a daughter of the king for her to live she meant to live it she assured herself that only sin could make people utterly miserable and then she instantly corrected even that view and said i mean only unforgiven sin and in that she had gotten above the sickly sentimentality which talks about wasted affections and blighted hopes as if there were nothing else in life but these and that because of a bitter experience one must go about thereafter a ruined soul we have a right to be proud of her and to hold her up as a model not only for people of common sense but preeminently for people who call themselves christians to follow is it not time for us to remember that upon those who belong to the family of jesus christ and are called to be joint heirs with him no real blight can fall at the same time it is not denied that the experience through which marjorie had passed had left its mark among other ways in which it showed was that one connected with social life she ceased to be the centre of a certain circle as she had undoubtedly been for a year or two she went very little into society and almost entirely avoided places at which her mother was not expected yet after all perhaps this last was not so different from what the world had been accustomed to in her mrs edmonds had often gone to gatherings for marjorie's sake from which she would much rather have been excused and both ralph and marjorie had often in the past been grumbled at for declining invitations with no better reason on the girl's part than that she did not like to leave mother so much alone ralph reserving to himself the right to decline all invitations that he chose without any excuse whatever it was the dull season of the year however in the society in which they had heretofore moved the time when the real victims of society life were trying to rally from the dissipations of the winter and get themselves refreshed in strength and wardrobe for the summer's campaign there was therefore not so much necessity for breaking in upon their choice home evenings it perhaps cannot be denied that there was a disposition on marjorie's part 
to avoid any place of entertainment where she had reason to suppose that ralph and estelle would be she had considered the question with deliberation and determined that it was not at present her duty to make the sacrifice which this would demand had her intimacy with estelle which she had planned developed and the relations of honest earnest friendship which she intended been evolved she would have managed this matter of society differently but as it was it had not only become painful to her but was evidently disagreeable to estelle to have any sort of conversation with her and in the few times which they had met the interviews were so far from being either helpful or agreeable that marjorie felt justified in deciding that the less they should see of each other for the present the better it would be estelle dislikes me she told herself gravely quite as much as i was at one time in danger of disliking her it is not dislike that i feel now at least i do not think it is but i do not enjoy her society and so long as i do her no good but rather harm apparently every time i meet her why should we make martyrs of ourselves so she planned a little it required very little planning spring had brought complications in ralph's business which held him to long hours and perplexing mental work at the various church gatherings in which marjorie and her mother interested themselves to an unusual degree neither estelle nor ralph appeared as a matter of fact they had not found time to attend even one of those midweek prayer meetings for which ralph had magnanimously arranged when he decided to unite with the church so that at places where she had expected to meet them as a matter of course marjorie suffered no such embarrassment in the early spring the gardeners with whom estelle was becoming intimate gave a large party and invited marjorie and her mother but it chanced that mrs edmonds was at the time suffering from a slight cold and felt it unwise to expose herself to the evening air so that the invitation with this for an excuse was promptly declined but if marjorie's intimacy with estelle had come to naught her friendship with glyde progressed rapidly it was a sort of one-sided intercourse which they had marjorie went very rarely indeed to the douglas home but glyde came constantly to see her the young girl seemed instinctively to understand why this state of things should be and made no complaint or comment because her almost daily visits were not returned there were always reasons for her coming she was by no means an idler in the church there was a discouraged mission band which was dragging out a spiritless existence glyde heard of it almost by accident so quiet did the young ladies keep even their organization she had invited herself to become a member and had taken hold of the matter with an energy that foreshadowed success the girls astonished and at first almost appalled over the new life which had been infused into their midst began to rouse themselves and take hold of some plans with energy and glyde was continually coming to mrs edmonds and marjorie for suggestions nor had she by any means either forgotten or relinquished her desire to work among the poor friendless little children who were without aprons and pretty things there could be nothing systematic in this direction while she was so young her mother not always careful what her older daughters did 
shielded this youngest one with a very tender care and shrank back with horror from the thought of her taking up any work which looked like district visiting yet little by little without that name attached or without formality of any kind glyde had almost a district on her roll there was a girl in mrs watson's class who had a sick sister at home lying day after day on a dreary little bed and nothing bright or cheery ever came to her so far as glyde could learn save what mrs watson who was poor and crowded with home cares could accomplish out of her busy life such joy and brightness as gathered around that little bed after glyde made its acquaintance one might fill a volume in describing there was a boy of whom she heard by accident living on an entirely safe and respectable street where she felt sure her mother would be willing to have her visit the boy was a cripple he was helped into his chair in the morning and helped out of it at night when his mother came home all day long he lived his lonely little life his only company being such picture papers as his mother could occasionally pick up through her friends in the mill glyde's fingers fairly trembled with joy when she wrote his name on her list she knew of so many bright things that she could put into his life mrs edmonds accompanied her on her first visit to satisfy the girl's mother that no reasonable excuse could be offered for prohibiting her and after that glyde went twice a week with her packages of books papers writing materials crayons water-colors and what not such joy came with her into that poor little home where love had been struggling all alone as the mother had believed was not possible for her boy until he found it through the gateway of the grave oh there were lovely things that glyde could do though she was still young and fair and must be shielded from the coarse and the low and the brutal as much as possible she had two or three girl acquaintances now of the kind which she had met in new york pale-faced hard-working girls in cotton gloves or very much mended kid ones or quite often no gloves at all they held aloof from her for a time even tossed their heads when she tried to bow looked the other way when she wanted to speak to them in short they passed through the various periods of insolence superciliousness cold reserve and wondering doubtful half-concessions and finally became not only her devoted admirers but friends girls who would have been willing to die for her if need be she told marjorie a great deal about them and that young woman and her mother added to their other duties and cares plans for helping glyde's girls all things considered it was by no means a dull or long spring to the little circle which understood one another and worked together the month of april had retired into the background and may was bringing the breath of early flowers and the hint of summer in her sunshiny train when one afternoon glyde douglas tripped up the steps of the edmonds home and pulled the bell in a little more eager and impatient manner than usual she was in such extreme haste to get inside with her bit of news that if the door had not been locked she would have waited for no ceremony however she had to wait and there came presently a little frown of disappointment on her bright face the bell was not answered nobody was at home 
how very provoking when she had wanted to see them on such special and important business where could they all be so early in the afternoon they must have gone for a long drive it was too early for their usual walk well there was nothing for it but to wait she must call upon robbie first then and keep from telling him the beautiful piece of news if she could though she felt very much as though she must tell somebody still feeling in the hurry of excitement though the special need for haste was over she made all speed for the corner signalled a passing car and rode out to the quiet dull part of the town where the houses were poor and small and respectable leaving the car at the corner she walked down a street which was still narrower and where there was still smaller and poorer respectability stopping at last before a tiny cottage with one front window this was her crippled boy's home he was sitting by the window and the air was so mild that it was open a little way he clapped his small blue-veined hands at sight of his collar goody he said gleefully i was afraid you couldn't come he was nearly fourteen years old but his four years of helplessness and frailness had made him look and appear much younger i've been watching for you this hour i've got something nice to tell you he added as glyde let herself in and came to his side so have i thought glyde only i must not tell you not yet it would be even harder for you to wait than it is for me have you she said aloud placing a lovely white lilac in his hand as she spoke i like nice things i wonder what it is can i guess you have found another word in your puzzle one that you and i couldn't make out no he said laughing gleefully it isn't that then you have made with your paints just the right shade for that queer flower which we were trying to copy and that i was to ask miss edmonds about the next time i saw her oh did you ask her said robbie because i haven't found it miss glyde i've tried every paint in my box and it doesn't make it good she said yes i asked her and i have the right box of paints in my bag this minute with the one marked that will make exactly the shade we are after so miss edmonds says and she knows they are lovely colors robbie we can make ever so many pretty things with them that we couldn't with your others i suspect they cost a good deal more than the others did mr maxwell sent them to you oh goody goody said robbie his small hands clasped in ecstasy i'm just as glad now i can finish coloring that card for mother's birthday can't i to think of my being able to make a present for mother isn't everybody good to me but you haven't guessed my news miss glyde she was bending over him pinning a spray of bloom to his buttonhole and smiling at his eager upturned face what a lovely boy robbie was and how bright and glad he was over the little bits of brightness which she could put into his life it seemed very strange to her that he should have been forgotten and neglected so long no she said i'm afraid i cannot guess after all when i was a schoolgirl they used always to have to tell me the answers to conundrums and things of that kind that others puzzled over i like to puzzle other people but i was never good at guessing things for myself what is it robbie tell me about it 
as she spoke she drew the little rocker which mr maxwell had sent for the mother to rest in when her long day's work was done and placed it in just the position that robbie liked so he could look at her why said robbie i've got another friend a splendid young man he came to see me yesterday and the day before and he is coming again to-day nothing more delightful than the boy's pure eager face and great brown eyes can be imagined as he told off this wonderful bit of news oh said glyde in gleeful sympathy what a splendid thing i never could have guessed so grand a secret as that she thought at once of mr maxwell he had promised to come during some leisure hour and call upon robbie but up to this time having many protégés of his own and feeling that the boy was in good hands he had not so far as glyde had known redeemed the promise although robbie felt well acquainted with him and had received flowers and fruits as well as books by his kindness glyde being the medium through which they were bestowed of course robbie's new friend must be mr maxwell he must have chosen not to tell his name since robbie did not mention it if this were the case of course she must not betray his secret so she asked no questions in that line yes said robbie it is a great thing the way he came to get acquainted with me miss glyde i was sitting here by the window and mother said i might have it open just a little bit to get a smell of spring she fixed it so i could push it down if the wind began to blow that is i mean she thought she did but she wedged the block in a little bit too much or got it a little too far from me all of a sudden the wind began to blow real hard and i tried to shut the window i worked and worked and couldn't seem to get strength enough in my hand to push that block out and just as i said aloud oh dear me i don't know what to do mother won't like to have the wind blow on me that young man came along and don't you think he heard what i said what's up my boy he asked me and then i told him about the window and my not being able to move you know and all that i told it real quick because the wind was blowing and before i got it quite told he sprang up the steps and opened the door walk in he said just as if i had told him to and robbie stopped to laugh and then he rushed over to this window and with one touch of his little finger he got the block out of the way and the window shut then he sat down in that chair right where you are sitting and said he now i guess we are acquainted aren't we young man and can have a visit wasn't he splendid and we had oh such a nice visit he asked me if he could come again and he said he had a pocket about him somewhere he guessed that would hold something the next time he would see what he could do with it and the next time he came that was yesterday he had an orange in one pocket and a great big apple in another and the loveliest card in a little pocket here it is miss glyde see it has a picture of christ on it healing people if christ were walking along the streets to-day as he was then and i should call out to him he would stop and heal me right away wouldn't he miss glyde glyde could scarcely keep the tears from her voice as she answered he is in the world now robbie just the same you know he would heal you now if it were the best thing for you perhaps he will some day robbie shook his head 
no the doctors told mother that i couldn't ever be well but then maybe they didn't know this doctor a sudden light of interest shining in his eyes there wasn't any couldn't to him was there miss glyde only the couldn't which was made by its not being best for people said glyde with confidence he knows everything remember perhaps he knows that it is best for you not to be well here there might be a best that we didn't understand at all yes said robbie gravely that's so if i could walk i might grow up and be a bad man there is a woman works at the mill near mother she had a little boy once who was hurt just in the same way i was only it wasn't his back he was sick a long time and he got well but now he drinks and gets drunk and knocks her when he comes home at night knocks his mother miss glyde just think of it i'd rather have to sit here a hundred years and never take a step than to get to be such a man that i'd knock my mother miss glyde with a sudden eager change of voice here comes my new friend i see him hurrying along on the other side of the street he always walks fast he has so many nice things to do for people that he has to save his time i guess would you mind brushing my hair back just a little so it would look nice with the flower you know glyde laughed and brought the white-handled brush that mrs edmonds had brought him and brushed back the thick brown curls from the pale white forehead and readjusted the cushions at his back just in time there came a business-like knock at the door come in said robbie's eager voice and glyde stood waiting with smiling eyes what fun it would be to meet mr maxwell there and show off her boy about whom she had talked so much still she could not help wondering where mrs edmonds and marjorie were and why he did not bring them she had felt so sure that they were out driving with him the door had opened promptly in response to robbie's invitation and there had entered not mr maxwell but a stranger end of chapter 26